Southern Trace. We got a music producer, drummer extraordinaire, ambassador of rhythm, songwriter, musical Gandalf. Yeah, the boys call him crazy. The girls call him all the time. I call it as I see it. The one and only Ryan Peel. Thanks, bro. Uh, what's going on, guys? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's all downhill from there. And yeah, that what was an intro. amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pull it back to just your basics. Ryan, are you a lifelong Memphian? I am. I was born and raised actually like a block or two away from here. I was born on um, Nelson, which is right around the corner. And it's interesting because uh, one end of the street is a studio, and the other end of the street is Memphis Drum Shop, which is actually like literally the best drum shop on the planet. Um, I can't say that 100%. I haven't been across the entire planet. But everywhere I've been in the United States and Europe, it smashes all those places. So maybe Asia or India's got something that's beating us. But right now, Memphis Drum Shop is king. Because of, I guess, how my life ended up, it's it's funny to me that on one side, I got this studio at the end of my street, and then I have this drum shop. And so I'm like a perfect mixture of those two things. So how, how long have you been in the music business? It sa- kind of sounds like it's been a lifelong yeah. pursuit. I, it kind of feels like I've always been in it only because I'm a, I'm a second generation musician and my dad was a, um, a performing and session musician around town drummer. And, um, so ever since I can remember, like my earliest memories are me, like, you know, hitting stuff with a spoon or, or, play, you know, playing on my dad's drums, hitting pots and pans. And, um, basically I, I was, I was trying to play drums, you know, until I got a drum set, which is maybe like 10 years old. I think I got my first real drum set about 10 uh, and everything else before that was kind of piecemeal. But yeah, so since then, er, 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 since that point, I've always been going to shows with my dad, getting snuck into bars, playing when I was like 13 and, you know, so I've been in it. (laughs) (laughs) Dane's introduction, I'm going to try to repeat it, but I'm going to miss a couple of the hats that you wear, but filmmaker, producer, ambassador of rhythm. Drummer extraordinaire, musical Gandalf, teacher at Stax Academy, right? That's uh, correct. In general, what are the specialties that you're known for, or maybe the the things? I mean, that tie all of those roles together. If you want to speak to any one of those hats that you wear individually, like maybe Stax. Hmm. I know we definitely want to talk about that. So yeah, Stax is my, that's my, my actual job. I teach, I'm the songwriting and music business instructor at Stax. And I believe this is my, I think it's my third year full time, my fifth year working up there in general. And yeah, so what I do at Stax specifically is, is uh, like what I said, I teach kids how to songwrite, but it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's not academic. It is academic, but I feel like I almost uh, coach them as much as I teach them because I'm teaching high school kids and of course, you can teach the, just like you can teach anything, you can teach the craft of songwriting. But most of the people who get into songwriting just have their own personal drive that gets them into that. And they they kind of figure it out to an extent on their own. Of course, they learn new skills. They learn different pathways to get to the end result. But the drive is already there. And the people who want to do it usually gravitate, gravitate towards it on their own. And so I find that my job is almost more like being a coach or a motivational speaker because really all I have to do is kind of set them on the path and then figure out what are your strengths and weaknesses and how can I, how can I help you with those things and kind of, you know, where are you at on this path and how do we need to get to the next step? And that, that looks different for different people. And so, of course, like I said, I, I might teach them different skills, but at the end of the day, everybody's on a different path. And so I have to kind of just immediately analyze where are you at in this project and how do we get it to 
the finish line. And so the thing that I think kind of ties all of the hats that I wear together is, is honestly that trade. It's being able to, to kind of quickly analyze where we're at and where we need to be, but also how do I get people to give me the best version of themselves? How do I motivate someone to feel completely at ease so that they're not distracted by anything else and they can really dedicate themselves to the art of whatever it is we're doing, whether that's the film medium or whether that's music uh, and songwriting. Um, I'm not sure that I answered the question, but I feel like that's the thing that I do with, with everything, whether I'm producing, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm really even just playing drums with the band, I'm trying to get the best out of everyone and motivate them and keep everybody in the right headspace. You sound like a really good teacher, coach, <laughs> and I bet you had a mentor. You mentioned your dad. Are there any other people who mentored you along the way, kind of like you're doing for so many others right now, it sounds like? Hmm. That's a good question. Of course, my dad was one of my mentors. And a lot of that, some of that was seeing the things that he did right, you know, and, and copying those things and also seeing the things that he did wrong and not doing those things. I do know that, so I'm, okay, so I'm thinking about Memphis people. So there's a guy, actually a couple, Jeff Powell and Susan Marshall. Jeff Powell is a producer engineer around town and Susan Marshall is a singer. Um, writer and musical, just advocate in general. And both of them have always been involved heavily in the Memphis scene. And when I was younger, they, they, you know, they would give me opportunities to come record at Ardent with Susan on their record. Or um, there was this thing called Grammy Camp that, that the Grammys put on. I don't, I don't know if they do it anymore. I'm, I'm guessing they do. But um, about the time that I was 17, they started doing this camp. And it was basically a camp for just gifted kids across the United States. And you had to send in an audition tape and um, you kind of got filed into a couple different groups. And so I was a musician, so I got put in like the whatever jazz combo group. Um, but all that to say, I only got that opportunity because Jeff Powell was like, you'd be a good person for this. You need to go do this. Um, and that was also at the kind of at the time that I was in high school and I was starting to get into songwriting. And I also remember like the best piece of advice I think my dad ever gave me, he was like, you don't want to be a drummer. He's like, you need to write songs. Uh, a lot of people can play drums, like anybody can hit something with a stick. He's like, but it takes a lot more to write the song and have the creative idea. And those are the things that people actually fall in love with and that, that pay residual money. And so I'm really glad I listened to his advice because, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, you know, I, so, so it, yeah, so I guess to, to answer your question, my dad, um, some, there's some musical figures. And of course, my mom, my mom is a teacher. And so it's kind of like I said, everything kind of leads back to to that, my dad's a drummer, my mom's a teacher. I never planned on being a teacher. I didn't want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, still some days I'm like, really, I'm a teacher? But <laughs> but, but, but um, I'm not a teacher like, um, you know, I don't, I don't teach one of the core subjects. I'm teaching music, so it's a different thing. And, and um, in an ideal scenario, like I have at Stacks, I'm teaching students who want to learn music. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a teaching job in a traditional sense, you know? I'm teaching, but I'm also mentoring, I'm also coaching, I'm doing a lot more of that. And it's, all, it's, a, it's a lot of project management, honestly, is what it feels like. I feel like I'm a manager. I'm, sounds... There's probably somebody I'm leaving out and it'll, it'll come back to me later, but, but those are my main ones. My parents and then some musical people around town. It sounds like you're the best teacher of all because you are sharing enthusiasm about a topic right? as opposed to standing up and saying, this is the one way to do this. Right. You're encouraging other people to explore in a creative field. So. Right, right. I bet you found yourself in a variety of situations with all of these experiences. I'm wondering how you have time in a day to do all that you've just said. But do you have any funny learning moments or stories you might like to share 
Maybe you had a challenge and you overcame it, um, an unusual project. Gosh, some things are popping into my head. Um, I can't imagine how many. Okay, Probably so, to yeah. choose is there's the hard so, Yeah, part. There's, there's so many. The first thing that popped in my head, I'm not sure why I thought about this. This is kind of funny, but uh, I remember some years back, I had to do a session with somebody. And I, don't, I don't even remember if it was when I was here, if I was living in Nashville. I'm not sure where I was. But the song that we were playing kind of called for almost like a – a timpani like sound. You guys know what a timpani is? Like orchestral, it's a big like big copper drum. drum. Um, like when they say, and the winner is. <laughs> That's a timpani, right? <laughs> the perfect description. So, so they wanted something like that for this song or project we work on. And we didn't, first of all, we didn't have a timpani. It's an extremely expensive, rare instrument. But also, um, we just didn't even have anything really in the studio that was going to give us that vibe. And I was just like, what can we what can we use to make this sound? And so what ended up doing is we took a floor tom, which is just another, it's a piece of a drum set that's kind of just a real regular, you know, piece of whatever gear. Um, we tuned it really low. And then I took a drumstick that I had and wrapped a sock around the end of the drumstick. It made it really soft. And then when we played it like that, it kind of sounded really similar to a timpani. It wasn't dead on, but it was like 75%. It was enough to where a normal person wouldn't know the difference. And so like, it kind of saved the session in that way because everybody wanted the sound and we were able to make the sound. Um, that's a small thing. Another example I can think of is um, I have a friend named Alexis Grace who's an artist around town and she was on American Idol back in the day. She asked me to do a short like live performance music video for her earlier this year. Maybe it was last year. We were actually in this room and um, over the last couple of years due to just some of the things I've been working on in filmmaking and music videos, I've, you know, just, it's just like you do in anything, you start learning different techniques and I started researching and learning about lighting. And so when this music video came up, I knew how she needed to be lit, but I was looking around the room and looking at the equipment we had and nothing was really working the way that it needed to work in, in the sense that yes, there was light on her and yes, you could see her, but it didn't look the way that it should look. It didn't look I don't know how to explain it. It just didn't look, maybe the lighting wasn't equal on her or the shadows weren't correct. Whatever it was, it wasn't as flattering to her as it could be. And I remembered from the, you know, the countless hours of YouTube videos of watching stuff about lighting and trying to learn this new thing that um, a lot of my favorite movies or films, like they had certain things in common. And one of those things that they had in common was they used something called a ring light. And so we all know about ring lights because people use them all the time now, right? But the way they would use the ring light, instead of having it facing at you and just looking at you, is they would have the ring light mounted up above you, almost like a halo effect. And so what it does is it replicates the way that the sun would shine on you, right? Because the sun is above you. And so when light is shining down on you, it's a lot more of a natural look than when you have light blasting on your face and making you look blown out and putting a shadow behind you. So it gets rid of shadows and it also lights you in a more even, I would say, natural way. And so what I did was I climbed up this hole back behind you guys, up onto, I climbed up a ladder, up the ceiling, onto a platform <laughs> and reached and stuck this out over the top and basically secured it and then used that as the ring light above her. And it made the music video, it made it look great. Uh, we put the music video out. So I think uh, the answer or the, the tying thread is like, I feel like I'm one of those type of people who are like, I'm going to find a way to get it done, no matter what. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. I'm going to find a way. Another example I can give y'all. Okay, so this is why we need video, Christian, because I got we got to show the viewers what I'm talking about. But if you guys look up, there's a microphone hanging from the ceiling, right? So last year when Elliot and Taylor bought the studio and we kind of had free reign to kind of rethink things and, and reimagine what this place was going to be like, um, I remember thinking, man, it'd be really cool if we had a microphone on the ceiling so that when we did drums, we could get like this giant room sound, right? And we were all kind of looking at it and thinking about it. And so I was like, how are we going to get a mic up there? We don't have a ladder that goes that high. 
And so what we ended up doing is, once again, I climbed up the hole, got up on the thing. We went and bought a Nerf football from the dollar store, and I tied the microphone cable to the Nerf football. <laughs> and they were like, dude, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. And I threw it, I think, three times. And on the third time, I, I got it through. And then basically, we just pulled the cable down, put the mic on it, pulled the cable back up, and now we got a room mic. And they're like, you played football in high school? No, dude, come on. I suck at football. But <laughs> – we made it happen. You see, my point, Christian, is, is like, I, was, I, I, I don't stop. Say, I got to make it happen. I think you must have maybe some sports in your background. I got a little okay. bit. I'm more of a basketballer. But <laughs> so that's a good lead in to my next question. Okay. I think that you do so many things related to music, but when you step away from that world, what do you enjoy doing in your quiet time? Hmm. Well, if I'm not, if I'm not researching, you know, how to do one of these things in my craft, whether it's something musical or, you know, recording or, or video stuff um i think i'm i don't think i'm really different than anybody else i like listening to my podcast i'll jump on some joe rogan i like listening to comedy things i love comedy comedy is like if i wasn't if i wasn't a musician i would be doing something with comedy because i like laughing i like making other people laugh i like seeing other people laugh so i feel like that's it's that okay and i got one more thing for you so the other two so music laughing food i really like food and I like cooking. I barbecue a lot. I grill a lot. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think that's my would be my other passion. I love food. I love cooking. Um, I like watching videos of people cooking. I like watching. I like looking at the history of like certain my favorite dishes. Like every time I eat Thai green curry, like I want to know more about how it started or where the ingredients come from or why did they use you know cumin or why did they, whatever it is. Like I want to know turmeric. Why? Why? Where do these ingredients come from? So I'm like one of those people. Like one once I get on something, I want to know everything about it. I think we found our next chef for the River City Kitchen. Absolutely. Oh, let's go. I got wings. I got steaks. My dog Blair has got Blair burgers. But Blair's the hamburger guy. I'm a steak guy. I'm a wings guy. I've been learning how to make uh, uh, like the the Panda Express orange chicken. I've been doing that the last two years, and that's incredible. Oh, my God. It's always good. My wife loves that. But, yeah, I'm going to shut up about food. I'm making myself hungry. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your family you just mentioned. Um, my wife is Chelsea Peel. We've been married since 2014. Um, I have two daughters, Vivian and Phoebe. Phoebe is six. Vivian is four. They're both hilarious and a handful. Are they Extremely musical? smart. They both like to pretend to sing like daddy. Um, they like to dance around. I don't know. It's kind of too early to tell yet if either one of them will want to do that in any type of serious way. But they're definitely, they, they definitely like to, like my, my, my youngest daughter today, like got on the floor and was like break dancing. I was like, how do you even know how to do that? She was like spinning in a circle. And then she like did the splits and she's four. And I was like, what have you been watching? Where did you see this? <laughs> ah! So no, kids are hilarious. Um, but yeah, and I live out in Arlington. I don't know if you guys know where that's at. I live out there, and I've been living out there a couple of years. So I make the drive every day. Um, so I've lived all, I've lived in a lot of different parts of the city. So, so yeah, I feel like I've explored the Memphis area. I'm well acquainted. Well, we met you by wandering into the Young Avenue Sound Studio when we were exploring the idea of doing a podcast. Right. Um, so I thought maybe we would talk a little bit about. The Young Avenue Sound Studio, plus, spoiler alert, we have a story coming up in an issue soon, June, about the studio. Tell us a little bit about the concept of creating this studio here and how it's unique. And also, if other people want to get involved, maybe tell people what they might find interesting here, fun here, how to get in touch. Okay. I guess I would say, the to answer the first question, the... The kind of concept of Young Avenue Sound now, of course, we're like any other studio in the sense that we 
can write, record, engineer, you know, produce music. But but I think the other thing that makes us unique compared to other studios is, of course, the fact that half of our building is Airbnbs. And so that does two things. One, it allows for people who are artists to hypothetically stay here and be on campus at the same place that they would be recording at. So ideally, um, you know, that would be a great situation for a certain artist or band. Then, then also on the other side of things, there's, of course, a whole bunch of people who just need a place to stay. And so financially, the Airbnbs allow the studio to have less pressure on it because the owners of the building basically make their money from the Airbnbs and the studio doesn't have to make as much money because they're, they're already covered. And it's also kind of like if you've ever heard of like an experience Airbnb, people who are just interested in music coming to Memphis, they can come stay at a studio basically and look out through the window and see a band performing or hear music and just kind of be tangentially like kind of related to it. So it's, it's cool a little, you know, putting your foot in the water for, I think, people who are music fans. So I think that's a difference. I think the fact that we're in Midtown and we're kind of where culture really resides and it lives in Memphis is, a, is an important thing. And aside from that, um, we also have a radio station that is starting up called, well, it used to already be in town, 96X, but John Michael um, is coming here and he's going to start opening up this 96X alternative radio station that we can, you know, play some of the music that we have coming out of here and just honestly amplifying the music that we think is great and also Memphis artists. And it's just going to give us another vehicle to amplify the voices in this town that make us unique. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay, I want one more thing before I forget this. And I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and we got an infinity wall with projectors. We do video production, podcast, of course, music videos, and then film scoring. So we really try to cover all the bases as far as, you know, the multimedia experience that we can offer to artists and, and individuals, even in a corporate sense. I think eventually that's we'll have some of that as well. Of course, we have the normal musicians and stuff that want to come in. But I think at a certain point, we would like to have offices and facilities to where, I don't know, if FedEx wants to come in and do a commercial, they can come do that or whoever it is. So... So now I'm done. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm curious though. Describe an infinity wall to people who okay. might not know what that is. Right. So an infinity wall, if you've ever seen, it's a white wall that the instead of instead of being a flat wall that just joins the floor at a 90 degree angle, it curves, it slopes down onto the floor. So it's called an infinity wall because on a camera, you can't, there's no seam in the wall so that you, it looks like it goes forever, if that makes sense. You mm -hmm. can't see the seam. It also makes it... Um, it makes it better for when you're putting a projector on it or you're putting lights. Uh, you don't see that seam, so it just makes it smoother at the bottom. Um, and then, of course, also you can use it to key someone out in the same way that you would use a green screen and you would remove oh, somebody cool. from the background. You can actually do that with any color, but the way that a green screen works, the reason it's green and not something else, is because generally, except for me, people aren't wearing green. So you would you would want to pick, pick a color that nobody either has on their body or, or on their clothing. And then what you can do is you can use the computer to basically delete that color and now the person has nothing behind them. Got it. Um, I don't know if that was a confusing explanation, but oh yeah. So the infinity wall is a big white wall that you can film stuff in front of, and it just it looks better than just the regular wall in your house. So, what do you envision this neighborhood being? It sounds pretty exciting. Would you com could you compare it to something you've seen anywhere else, or is it an original concept to have all of these uh, a radio station, recording studio, infinity wall, all the all these things on one block in the Cooper Young neighborhood? 
you know, I'm sure in a place like L.A. or New York, they might have, you know, a bigger multimedia facility like this that has all of these things kind of all inclusive or at least some of them. But definitely in the South and in Memphis, um, it's just it's it's rare. There's nothing really like this. So I think it's great that we are able to put all those things under one roof and offer that. Um, whether it be, you know, an inclusive, all-inclusive package to someone or if they just need some, you know, certain services a la carte. But uh, as far as what I would compare it to, that's a hard question. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if it's super dissimilar from one of like, a you know, like, a, I don't know, like certain places in New Orleans or... I'm trying to think of somewhere else that's even similar. It's hard to say. I don't know if there is anything similar because Memphis kind of has its own vibe. Like I spent time in Nashville. Maybe it's the first. Yeah, (laughs) it might be the first or, or, you know, in its own way. You know, there might be somewhere in New York that's similar, like I said, or somewhere in L.A. But the difference is obviously the price point. Like no one in L.A. or New York is probably going to be able to offer what we can offer at the same price point, Um, which is, you know, just that's the same thing with real estate or anything in Tennessee. It's things are more affordable here, which is why half of the population from California moved to New- to Nashville during COVID um, because things are just, you know, cheaper. But um, so I think from a price point standpoint, uh, from a price point place, we're, we're in a, we're, we're in a good place. Um, and then I also think that maybe, I don't know if we're the first or not, but I definitely know we're, we're one of the only ones around here. So I feel like we just, yeah, we got something unique to offer and it's definitely cool for someone who needs all of those different services together. Yeah, not only such a great space, but like such a great team who definitely in our experience so far wanting to record a podcast, you have someone who could do literally anything at any time, it feels like. Yeah. And they're very patient too. Yes. Yeah. With us. (laughs) Yeah. We're new to podcasting. That's good. I'm going to give my boys a pat on the back. (laughs) I will conclude soon, but I did want to ask you if there's anything you wanted to share with our listeners that we may have forgotten to ask. I don't think so. I will say that um, in the same way that you guys said that you're new to podcasting, this is all of our first time really filming a podcast here. And so we just want to continue to grow with the podcast. And just like I said on day one, I think the next step is getting you guys on, get on camera. Get on that get infinity on that wall. Camera. Watch yeah, out. We, there we go. We just all we need is the table, the infinity wall, a couple of little table, you know, placements. Maybe I'll get some sponsors or something. But um, yeah, I think I think our whole thing is we wanna build a culture here that, you know, fosters Memphis's musical artists and our just artistic community in general. And so by by being able to offer all these different things, we just want people to kind of feel limitless when they come here. Like you said, hopefully by doing that, in combination with the radio station and also shout out to Crosstown Sync. Crosstown Sync is a company out of Crosstown. It's a part of, it's a, it's an affiliate of Crosstown um, as a whole. But what they do is they get Memphis musicians music put into TV, film and video games. So in the past, you know, I'm 35. When I was coming up, when I was in my early 20s, there was never, there was, there wasn't really any avenues to make money as a musician in Memphis except for playing live. There wasn't any ways to make money off your original music. Um, now with Crosstown Sync, you know, artists can submit their music to put it on the roster. And then, you know, assuming that it's the right, it's right for something, you'll get a placement, it'll get put on a TV show. And then you're getting a check for a couple thousand dollars, which is probably what you would make over the span of a month, you know, or two months for a regular musician. So it just, it puts you on more of a professional playing field as far as the income is concerned and the exposure and the reputation, all that stuff. And so it's a really big win for Memphis, but I think, you know, having that in conjunction with um, with the radio station and, of course, all the services we offer. My goal is to get Memphis back on the map in a all-inclusive way. 
uh, you know, especially from the music standpoint. I feel like we're, we're getting there. You know, we got the Grizzlies. We got... Um, we got FedEx. We got uh, uh, um, food. We got what's the what's the people that make the car parts here? I can't remember what it's called. AutoZone. Down to AutoZone. Yeah. So we got a we got a couple. We got the Nike Fed. We got a couple things that are institutionalized in Memphis. But you know, I want to bring us back to the heyday of when we had Stacks, when we had Elvis, when we had all of those things that you know musically and culturally that Memphis has to offer. I think it's the time now to bring that back. It's just mm. now. We don't need to wait anymore. Mm. And there's been there's just been so there's been so much time that a lot of our best artists have had to leave the city to go find opportunity. Right. And I feel like we shouldn't be losing that artistic capital to Nashville or New York or Atlanta. We need to keep those people and we we need to support them um, so that they stay here and make our city better and give us, you know, give us the spotlight again. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm about. You're definitely on to something. I mean, and it's a perfect fit for the city. I told you I was going to release you, let you go, conclude. But you did say that we could hear a sample of what you do. Okay. I thought we might end with that and if kit doesn't have anything else she no i can't wait to ask, hear uh we're we're ready with that's going to be the highlight of our day <laughs> okay well I'll, I'll set the stage so i think what what i should share with you guys is a new project i've been working on with all of the friends of mine that work up at the studio so all of the other engineers we decided to kind of put like an engineer producer band together and just do something for fun because we're all up here all the time anyway and why not put our heads together and make something great so we started this band called dandruff spelled d-a-n-d-r-i-f-f like a guitar riff so we got a little joke in there love um <laughs> and it's like a it's like a kind of indie punk themed band and and it's also cool because we everybody kind of gets to have musical chairs and and what I mean or play musical chairs and what I mean by that is like um our studio manager Blair he can sing he plays guitar he plays drums he plays bass and Ethan is our is one of our engineers he can also sing he plays keys he can play drums a little bit Dane's the same way I'm the same way so we can all do a little bit of everything so each song is a little bit different so on one song the first song we put out is called Good Sheep which is what I'm going to share with you today Ethan is singing on that Blair is playing drums and guitar Dane is playing bass and I'm smashing the cowbell (laughs) and then on certain songs I you know I sing background or I help co-write and I play drums and and maybe Blair is singing on a song or whatever Um, there's certain songs that we have doo-wop vocals on where it's me and Dane and it's kind of like a 50s element mixed in with the punk so yeah we, we, we just tried to make it we wanted to have fun of course we wanted to be good but it was like one of those things to where we got the first song done and we were just kind of doing an experiment and it got finished and everybody was like whoa this is really good and then I showed it to some of my musician friends just to double check and they were all like no this is really good and then I came back to the boys and I was like y'all we got to do more and they're like I don't know man I don't know if we should I was like guys (laughs) we just made fire you can't put the fire out and walk away and be freezing again. That makes no sense. What are you doing? So I'm motivated. I'm motivated. I'm motivated. We made a second one. They were like, okay, it's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, it's good. We like fire. I like being warm, right? So we make two of them and then we get to number three and then it starts to be obvious like, oh, we have something really cool here. Yeah. Maybe it's cool because we're having fun and we're not overthinking it. We should juice this until the till the orange juice is gone. Like, let's not, right. don't leave it on the table. Because my thing is when you find something great, I want all the great. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if you give me a if you give me a steak from Capital Grill, shout out Capital Grill as I love y'all steaks. If you give me a steak from Capital Grill and then I take a bite, I'm not gonna send the steak back. If it's great, I'm gonna eat the rest of the steak. It's For the sure. same thing with music and any type of art. Um, if I if I collaborate with people and I have a great experience, I want to have more great experiences. I want to see mm-hmm. how far we could go because sometimes something might be great, but you don't realize you could be greater. You could do more. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know how far you can go until you test the limit. So sounds like our meetings for 
River City Lifestyle. hundred percent. I thought of we, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We have ideas going every direction. And you got to pursue them, man. That's, a, that's, that's what's cool about life. You got to pursue the ideas because it's like you'll never know until you try, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, this first song is called Good Sheep and this is Dandruff. This is our first release. I hope you guys like it. Check out all of our other stuff and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm loving being surrounded by talent in the Young Avenue Sound Studio and here we go. Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> having fun bringing you the Southern Trace podcast. From your host, Christian Owen, publisher of River City Lifestyle Magazine, publication director, Jeannie Tabor, and our publication manager, Kit Garrett. Thank you for joining us to explore these engaging topics with some of Memphis's finest. May will be all about the ladies. We, along with our listeners, will get a fun female perspective on some local topics. Don't miss it. It will be out on May 